Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let's take a moment of praying. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you do in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that we are a miracle, Lord, and that you continue to show yourself faithful, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you are protected, Lord, that we don't have to take things into our own hands, Lord, but that you understand all things and have prepared it in such a way where we are protected, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for the people who are being drawn to you, Lord, and that you continue to draw more to you, Lord, so they do not perish, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. In amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are glad to have you with us and excited to continue our study in the book of Acts. This morning, we're moving forward, and we are going to cover from Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, promise. At Joppa, there's a certain disciple named Tibitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Luda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the windows stood, and the, all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed, and turned to the body. He said, "Tibetha, arise!" And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. Hmm. So it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon, a tanner. Mm-hmm. Amen. So at this time, we're going to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I guess I'll begin. All right, LaCharles. Um, one thing that I also wanted to point out very quickly when we look at this was Peter did not go over there because the disciple, the two men came over there and asked him. It was in the Lord's will for him to go over there. I just had to make that clear. It's not you ask the Lord for something. It's mommy say you can't do your own nonsense and try to put a Jesus cherry on top and it's going to work. No, the Lord had to be in it all the way. Or it wasn't going to work. There's no, I'm good, Lord, I'm going to do what I want to do. And you just provide the power for my actions. Mm-hmm. Have we seen that example before? I know in my own life that's happened. How about in Jesus' ministry? <clears throat> Did Jesus not have individuals mm-hmm. come to him concerning Lazarus? Yes. Come yes. quickly. But what happened? Jesus waited until the Lord's perfect timing. Then Four he went. days. Until he received the answer from the Lord as to what to say and what to do. And then he came. 
Yes. Okay. The Lord is in control of time and circumstances. The circumstances don't dictate to the Lord what his timing and response should be. Yes. Okay. Yes. But but that takes faith to understand. Right? Yes. We, in the natural, have this tendency to attempt to rush the Lord. Mm-hmm. It has to happen now, Lord. Lord, now. Where <laughs> the Lord's not moved by the circumstances or by time, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. He dictates what's going to happen. You know, and and, and the, he does things according to his will. And in his will is his timing. Amen. And sometimes yes. it can seem like things are dead. You know, you don't want it to fall. You don't want it to die. And then in the case of Lazarus, it was dead, dead. You know, he was dead, dead. They were like, Lord, he stinks now. I mean, this it's too late. And, you know, you think about present times. Oh, they've been embalmed. Their organs have been taken out. But guess what? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords knows how to make organ parts. He knows how to, he knows how to do all of those things and reverse every effect of the grave, mm-hmm. whether it is a, a metaphoric comparison as in the situation has gone too far you know what i mean it's past the time of turning where it seems like it would still be able to be saved or salvageable and work out or be a literal life god knows Mm -hmm. and he literally is the answer and he has the answer but for lazarus they were like lord it, it it's too late now basically he stinks like when he told them to move the stone away they were like basically telling him it's too late Initially, when he died, they had faith. They were encouraged to go. Or when he was sick on the verge of death, you know, their hope was was still there. It was still there. But by the time Jesus did finally arrive, it was like their hope had waned. Their faith in God had waned that this situation was still salvageable or redeemable by the Lord. And God waiting so long proved the point that it, it doesn't matter how long it's been. Yeah, his inwards are his innards are rotten. No doubt the worms and stuff naturally would have come to start their decomposition of the body, but God is greater than that. He can turn back any situation. It's not too hard for him. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, as you were speaking about that, especially concerning the body. Uh the Lord physical reminded body? me yes, the physical body. The Lord reminded me of um what he did through Reinhardt Bonke. Uh, I believe in the eighties, might have been the nineties. There was a man who died and literally was embalmed. The whole, um, the it had already gone through the whole process. They were, but his wife believed. The individual who died's wife believed and literally had people drive the casket to <laughs> where did. Reinhard Bonnke was preaching to so that he could pray over the man, mm-hmm. and he did. And the man was raised up. Mm-hmm. was raised up, was functioning, and I don't believe he even became a pastor. I don't remember if he was already a pastor, or, but he served in ministry, and uh, I mean, it was just a, this a cl- clearly a miracle. So there's no difference today mm-hmm. in our Lord than there was even at this time that we're reading. Mm-hmm. Amen. There was a testimony that I heard about a man who got his elbow shot out. Um, he was in Africa, mm-hmm. and like the their they're bad, you know, cartels or drug people, whatever they do, whatever they call them in Africa, shot him for some reason and it blew his elbow out and it was shattered and he had to have a mechanical elbow put into place and the the metal for the like the medical grade that's always marked and it's always, you know, it has serialized. Yeah. Right. Documentation of to find it in case it needs to be recalled or, you know, fixed or something of that nature. And um, the man had already had the surgery 
already had the medical joint in place. And the Lord told him he was going to do a miracle for him because he had been faithful to serve him. And he went to bed one night with a medical, um, a medical elbow, metal elbow in his arm and woke up and the joint piece was laying next to him. And he had a, a real bone elbow again. And the Lord is so funny and so good. He left it there for him to take it back to the doctor and get it. I compared to what they put in him mm-hmm. back to his medical records and identified and he has pictures and all of that stuff. So our God has everything that we need. Absolutely. That was the same with the individual with Reinhardt Bonnke. It was all documented. They even went back to the doctor that performed the um, embalming process and, and all of that. And you know, here's all the, all the paperwork. Well, I mean, if we're going to testify, let's testify. So, Amen. Uh, one of the guys that worked for us, uh, his mother's named Shauna, mm-hmm. and I was talking with her, and she's recovering from the uh, intestinal uh, surgery, and uh, she's fully recovered now. Amen. But she had to have it twice. An infection ensued mm-hmm. at one of the incisions, which isn't uncommon. I mean, right, you know, for your, that your, kind of surgery. Your intestines and all. Mm-hmm. And so they... Um, they tried to keep the infection at bay, hoping that she could recover some from the surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, unbeknownst to her, the doctor had been hesitant to take her back in and didn't expect to have success with the surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so when she came out, you know, when it came out of anesthesia and everything was able to be coherent, um, she was discussing with the doctor how it went and what she should expect and all. And he said, I got to be honest with you. He said, I didn't have any expectation to be able to do anything for you. He said, because there wasn't enough intestine left Mm -hmm. to attach to Mm -hmm. from what we did. Mm -hmm. And and they were trying not to do a total colon, uh, um, what do they call it, where they remove everything, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Ectomy. Ectomy would be the the last of the word. Colonectomy. Okay, yeah. So at any rate, um, the doctor said he got in there and he said there was like more there <laughs> more colon than he left the last time <laughs> yes he said it was like it stretched or something and he seemed confounded and she says don't be confounded god did it amen, amen. he knows how to grow it he yeah yeah you, you think the creator of everything it. of us knows how to do that but the doctor didn't want to tell her mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. anything about it because he just didn't expect to have any success with the surgery it was kind of like a cursory well i'll open you up again but i don't expect to find anything to to be able to do anything for you and surprise surprise <laughs> <laughs> The Lord took Amen. care of that. Amen. Le Charles. Oh yes, and also, and also with it, um, I was just talking to the Lord and was asking him questions because every time I read this, I, I'm always confounded by the fact that everybody was just in the room showing garments to each other and crying. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was. I always wonder what. How come you guys were doing that? And how the Lord is showing it was not the people who are inside the room's faith that brought the, or even the ones who sent the people away to go get Peter. Because if you look, it's clear they had no faith. They thought she was dead. And mm-hmm. that was the end of it. And so the Lord was showing me was that he, why Peter, and it also related to how we were reading our devotional, it was how Peter had to put out all those cr- people who are weeping. And how he had to put them out so that way he, the Lord could move and work. Because it was obvious that they were doubtful. They had no hope that the Lord was going to do anything. They thought all circumstances were bleak and the Lord can't function in that atmosphere. And it reminded me of how Mr. Kent Haken was talking in his book and how he was saying that in one church he was struggling to get people healed because the pastor was breathing down his shirt ex- 
with disbelief. <laughs> and say he was blowing the warm air of disbelief on the back of his neck and how the Lord said, send everybody else out unless they're coming to get healed. I don't want anybody in there. And then he started to see miracles happen was because of the unbelief of all the other people. The same is true here. The same way that um, faith works and how somebody else's faith can come join with yours, somebody else's faith can deplete yours. Or their, their doubt. Faith. Their um, doubt can deplete or your faith. Or their unbelief. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's, he um, related to how a cloud, how there's sometimes there's multiple clouds. There can be one cloud, like a white puffy cloud, and then you can see a dark one come underneath it. Mm-hmm. And then you get the rain. So the white cloud may still be up here, or the sun, it can still be up here, but the Rain clouds is going to do what it has to do, what mm-hmm. it was supposed to do. The same is true here. Amen. Amen. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes we can look at people who aren't in faith as they appear sinister in the scriptures. It's like, oh, you batter. <laughs> you know, you batty. You don't have any faith. And, you know, we, you're like, get rid of them, you know, not like kill them or anything, but push them out of the room and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's, there's truth that God requires faith and off and there's no getting around that God requires faith that's just the fact of it and God is not upset because people are human but it's a matter of sometimes people don't have knowledge of what God can do and that creates doubt it's not necessarily they're saying God you can't do this Mm -hmm. but maybe they don't know it's beyond their capacity they didn't walk with the Messiah and the natural, his natural ministry and see him raise people from the dead. They didn't sit spend that time. So their faith is not there yet. So there's also an element that their faith is just not big enough. It has not grown or understood or received that kind of stretch and capacity. And it's not a stretch, but I mean, like a, like when a mom is pregnant, as she grows, as a baby grows, her body stretches to, um, allow for the baby to continue to grow. Sometimes they have not been stretched to that place yet in their faith, where their faith is supporting to watch somebody be raised from the dead or participate in that. So they have to go to the outside until their faith is ready. But it doesn't mean they're going, you can't raise her up. It doesn't mean they're automatically, you know, on on an adversarial side. They're just not there yet. And for people, their custom of mourning in this way is just that, their custom. So sometimes they're not able to move beyond what they know is a natural response to believe and go, okay, well, God can do anything. Just like what we were talking about, all the miracles that the Lord has done that are present tense, not just back in olden days, as y'all say, or biblical days, but God is still working miracles today in our time, in our generations. So sometimes they just have to grow to get to that place. And so it's not a discouraging uh, thing to go, well, my faith isn't there yet. I understand. Don't stay there. Get in the word, exercise your faith, strengthen your faith so you can believe God for whatever he says. And if God ever says something to you that's just bigger than where you are, don't go away hanging your head and going, that's all right, Lord, I'll just go, you know, never mind. Go, wait, help me, Lord. I believe you. Help me where I'm not believing you. Like the father that was talking to Jesus. I believe you can do this, Lord. When he was told that it was too late to ask, it was too late to bother the Lord. He said, help my unbelief, help me grow and stretch to where I need to be so I can receive from you. He didn't walk away and say, "Never mind, I'm just going to give up and go my way. He pressed forward. So press in, get in the word and believe God. 
Listen to other people who are testifying of literally what God has done, truly what God has done and stretch your faith so that you're able to receive those kind of things. So there's a, a lot in here. Um, there's the other aspect and this is something that I think since we need to be aware of in ourselves, right? There, Peter clearly put people out of the room, right? Yes. And it wasn't unloving. No, no, not unloving. Right? We, faith there works was, by love. Absolutely. But there's also an, another element, an aspect of, uh, I'll say, for all involved, whether that's that was Peter and or the people. and doesn't say this specifically, right? Just because the Lord uses someone, let's ensure that our faith is not in that person, but in the Lord. Right? It's easy mm-hmm. to, as the Lord uses someone and we see, you know, again, what the eyes see, mm-hmm. miracles and healings and all this, right? There is a natural tendency to then put their faith, hope, and trust in the person mm-hmm. that the Lord is using as opposed to putting it in the Lord, Keeping who's the one God. actually doing the healing or the miracle, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like in Revelation right? where John was worshiping the angel that was showing him the revelations, explaining things. Someone who literally walked mm-hmm. with Jesus. Exactly. So and there's a... said, see that you don't do this. I'm your fellow servant. Worship exactly. God. Worship the Lord. Like keep your worship focused on him and your hope and all of that. So so there's, you know, and as I read this, I'm like, well, that that is a, a possibility because they heard that Peter was close by, these these two men. Mm-hmm. And they ran to get Peter, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And yes, it could have been anybody, right? But and, and only the Lord knows, right? But it, I'll just say this: for us to consider or examine uh, in ourselves, are we putting our faith, hope, and trust in a person or in the Lord? And then, if we are the person being used by the Lord to perform the miracle, are we getting becoming puffed up? And Examining ourselves in that aspect, look how the Lord's using me. I'm special, right? As opposed to just remaining humble before the Lord, though, so that He, the Lord, may be glorified, mm-hmm. and the people are turned towards the Lord. So, in this, we have people that were put out of the room, and then what was the result? The Lord got the glory, right? But in many times, you you know, even in Christ's ministry, and we see throughout the Word, um, Elijah, right, is another one, a similar circumstance, right? Yes. Where he put people out and just let the Lord do the work. And we, of course, you have to, because the Lord is the only one that can can do that, right? Yes. He created us. Yes. It's his breath, right? Yes. He has the He is the breath of life. So it's his, his, his breath that we're breathing. So, so there's that element and aspect as well. Yes. Getting rid of the unbelief in order to provide an atmosphere where the Lord can move and operate and work in, right? Because mm-hmm. we look at even in Christ's ministry, the unbelief was so thick, so heavy, so weighty, that he could only do but a few small miracles. In his hometown. In, in his own hometown, mm-hmm. Exactly. Not everywhere, but in his hometown. In his own hometown. Mm-hmm. He had already been used by doing miracles, right? And that's why he even said, you know, no doubt you'll say to me, hey, what you did over there, do over here. But only a few people had the faith to receive. Some 
Oh, well, it says small miracles, you know, or whatever that that is, you know, whether that's healing or whatever the case is, that's, you know, the Lord knows. But it's something that we should examine in ourselves. Mm-hmm. It is wonderful to be used of the Lord. But let us remain humble in him and allow him to do what he will through us. Well, I definitely want to say something. Yeah, go ahead. About this, but we're going to pick it up in the, our next episode. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Um, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today, and we thank you that nothing's too hard for you, Lord, that nothing's impossible, God, that we can come to you and ask for anything, Lord, as long as we have faith, Lord, that's in line with your word, God, that you would perform the miracles for us, Lord, that you would bring breakthrough, healing, restoration, Lord, peace, God. We thank you for all that you do and all that you stand for and all of who you are, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth and shows us things to come, Lord. And we thank you for the blood of your precious son, Jesus, Mm -hmm. that gives us remission of sins, Lord, and cleans us up and puts us in right standing with you and binds our relationship to one another, God, that we can come back into the kingdom of your glory, Lord, and fellowship with you. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you and have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.